And Dan, Dan, when Dan does the news on the show, Dan wants nothing to do with any characters. He just wants a straight-ahead newscast. He doesn't want, like, you know, any concentration camp skits or anything around. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, let's start the show with that, then, because I've... We ended the show, guys. We ended the show yesterday with that, and... uh, I don't want to get into what it was, but I will say about an hour after the show ended, I was doing some stuff, and I, I don't know, I just felt compelled to call Dan. Oh, did you? I oh, did. Okay. You know what? That doesn't surprise me. Because while I was, you know, making my scrambled eggs and toast, I thought that Dan, Dan Duran was bothered by that. I wonder if we should say something to him. So I, he's so sensitive. He is. And and I called Dan, and I just said, Dan, I I want to say I you know. I knew you were uncomfortable, and I, I wanted to want you to know I don't want you to feel uncomfortable on the show, that your comfort on the show is more important than a silly string of Holocaust jokes. And uh, Dan, and uh, how, did that, how did that go over with you? Well, that was uh, very nice of you, and I thought it was unnecessary, because I, th- I thought we already, uh, the post-show, uh, you know, 30-second meetings that we have, I thought it was sort of taken care of in, in that. Uh, but there's a... There's a huge responsibility. We want to. We don't want to. We don't want to pull the preacher's son into our web of fucking <laughs> evil. <laughs> you know what I mean. You are right. I mean, you're the only you one here with a chance of going go. to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I. But but anyway, having said that, Dan, I wanted you to know that. You know. Sometimes Fred and I, I get going on these things, and you know, I, as I said on the show, what if, after the show, I said, what if somebody was offended? You know, that's okay. Um, but anyway, Dan, we, we want your, we want you to be comfortable doing the program with us. Well, I certainly do. I mean, you know, I wasn't too worried about the whole thing. I just, you know, thought it should be. We should have a, a quick discussion about it before mm. we moved on, and that's all. And this is, by way, uh, no, this is. Not about to. I'm not trying to play this for you to make my point, but just just to give you some feedback as to what happened when people heard that you know string of you know horrible humor. Uh, this comes from Hi Tanya guys. Hutton. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. And she's one of our listeners, and she says, "Gentlemen," but she means. Gentlemen, I was just finishing out the last few moments of yesterday's show when I caught the thread about Getty Lee's parents' wedding. Fred declared that he wasn't jumping into that pool. May I also recommend that he stays away from the showers? (laughs) (laughs) So, Dan, I just I wanted you to know that this is this is the kind of listeners we're dealing with. Yeah, Yeah, I get it. (laughs) That's pretty clever. That was very funny. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's minus 16 right now, according yeah. to the little thing that Dan gave me for uh, Christmas. Minus 16 out there. Could you explain? You keep saying the little thing. It's the we- it's a weather station. Yeah, that little thing, the weather station. <laughs> <laughs> because did you God, know listen, God gave you God gave you the little thing. Did you know there's going to be a half moon tonight? Half, completely half moon tonight. Isn't there uh, an eclipse coming? Dan, didn't oh, you tell me we're getting an eclipse here or somebody? Oh, yeah, there is an eclipse. I can't remember when. It's still still away, way away. Are you I sure? Believe. Yeah, well, it's not like round the corner. Okay. I mean, you know, I don't think it's this month even. I think it's uh, 
in I don't know. I don't no, want to say. I, I, I think thought, it, April, I thought there was I one coming. Um, you know, Fred, you were talking about the weather there. I, I, uh, this is how into the Buffalo Bills I am. I was looking at Buffalo's weather today for Sunday, mm-hmm. because our weather for the next four or five days. This is it. This is as cold as it gets here. We're going to have like minus ten. Feels like minus fifteen, and it'll warm up early next week. But for the Bills game on Sunday, it's still going to be pretty cold there. Like minus four or five in the afternoon. Minus mm-hmm. ten at game time. Yeah, 6.30 in the evening, too, so that's going to be a factor. Yes, it is. Uh, Dan, will you be uh, tuning in to any Buffalo Bills football on Sunday? Uh, no. Is it important to do that on Sunday? Well, no, it's not important, not if you don't care. Right. Well, and I I'll get probably it, man. do some Super Bowl stuff if I can find it on the Internet. Well, the, it's not the Super Bowl. The Super right, Bowl well, will then, be in February. All right. You know, sort of the buzz in this house around the Buffalo Bills, because I talked to my son-in-law about it, and Danny, my son, halfway interested, but Buddy, Doug, and Darren, and you, or I talk about it, and Lori, love, uh, called Delise the other day to see how our trip was, and she was talking about the game being, you know, postponed a day, and, you know, they were sort of disappointed, her and Darren looking forward to the game, but, uh, and all this and that. Anyway. On Monday, I go and get my mother-in-law and bring her to the house for several days. She's going to be here. So Monday at 4.30 or just after 4 when the game was to start, I said, okay, ladies, I'm going downstairs. Excuse me to watch some football. And they said, okay. And I came up a couple of times to get some tea, and they were both watching the game. They watched it from beginning to end, the Bills game, and they both enjoyed it. Yeah, and they, they they were just caught up in the buzz of well, that's all it. I was going to say, it. yeah, yeah, and they they wanted to be part of it. You know that human nature thing. Yeah, it's it's not even it. so much the you know are you interested in the sport, but are you interested? And this is no, I'm not reflecting on you, Dan, but I'm saying that I'm not surprised. All loves her sports, and there's an there's an excitement around uh, sports for me, as I've mentioned a thousand times now, that when a game matters. For I mean, it doesn't in the great scheme of things, it doesn't matter at all. But yeah, and when it I said, like, I go up in the third beginning of the fourth quarter, and I said, "You guys are still watching this?" I said, "And you enjoy it?" And they said, "Yeah." And I said, "If I'd have known you were going to watch the game, I would have watched it with you." And then quickly went downstairs again because <laughs> I know my mother, <laughs> my mother-in-law would have asked me a million questions during the game. Sure, and she's sweet and all that, and I love her dearly, but. It would have been a constant barrage of questions, right? Freddie, why are they doing that? Freddie? Um, you know, we got to get Freddie, the show what started. what is the score? It's there on the screen. That's Bill. right. It's constantly on the screen. Uh, we got to get the show started. Um, and we're going to start uh, with Dan Duran, everyone. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a sports viewing portal, and from Lisa's dining room table next to trendy black sticks in a vase. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, and Kelsey's. And our newest sponsor, Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now here are two men who can't decide whether to buy heated socks, heated long underwear, or heated gloves, but we do know they're going to get heated. It's Humble and Fred. Michael Landsberg returns to our show today. 
be great catching up with Michael. Uh, two days ago, the 15th of January, Blue Monday. They call it Blue Monday because it is apparently the most depressing day of the year. A few weeks after the Christmas buzz dies down. Uh, apparently, it also began because that's generally when your credit card statements be, are issued. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has become known as one of the uh, saddest, uh, most depressing days of the year. And uh, a guy that's had some experience in that field, not only as a, a, a sufferer of mental illness, but a, an advocate as well. Michael will uh, join us. Always a great discussion with him. And uh, later, uh, Jay Bondi, uh, subbing, coming off the bench for the retirement Sherpa. Jay Bondi will be here talking about some uh, imminent financial uh, issues for all of us. I think it's uh, TFSAs, right? Yes. All right. Yes. That uh, wonderful little tool called the TFSA. Uh, By the way, if you're (laughs) cold, would it help to get into a heated argument? (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, you I was just thinking, going. I was thinking. Like, speaking of wonderful tools, Dan Duran. Let's uh, <laughs> okay. Here we go. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's check back in with Dan. Have you have you ever worn any of those uh, battery operated uh, you know heating devices for you know underwear under? Uh, know, no, I have not. Them. I have uh, occasionally had a hot pocket though. Oh, those are good. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. hand warmers cold winter day skiing down the slopes i've put those yeah. in my clothes before yeah i don't have the tolerance i wanted i was talking to my daughter charlie last night your god goddaughter she's in calgary for the rest of the month enjoying uh she can because she works remotely so she goes there every january to uh, go snowboarding and uh you know she was outside with the dog and whatever it was minus 25 i just don't have the tolerance that i once did when i was her age was she there skiing uh when it was minus 40 no uh, she they, she spent. Uh, she's got there on Monday. Um, anyway, speaking of trips, we uh, we've been putting this, for some reason this keeps getting pushed aside. But uh, Freddie was gone. I did the show with Laurie and Jeff. People were asking how did the how did Freddie's trip go? And uh, we thought we'd take a couple minutes here because it was uh, I think amazing. You were there with your grandchildren, your your own children, yes. uh, your son in law, not your yes. mother in law. What was that? And not not your mother-in-law. No, no. Although I do find it interesting that your mother-in-law and your son's dog are staying at your house this week. And I'm wondering <laughs> which one, which one is more maintenance? <laughs> Freddie, that's a good I question. I have to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a toss-up. You know, earlier, and again, I don't know if you're going to tell a story about it, but you said, you know. You saw an interview with Jim Kelly and Dan Marino, and you said age is an awful thing. Yes. And when, you know, physically, my mother-in-law is in good shape, but she's 90 years old, you know, and she's forgetful. And sometimes you just sit there and you go like, wow, like, like how? And it's not that you get aggravated, but it's like, what? what? You just asked that or you just did that or something, but you've got to stop down and... Like 90 years old. It is. It's yeah. just cruel. You know, our, one of our favorite comedians, George Carlin, had a great line. It wasn't super funny, but I've always thought it was very smart and uh, intelligent. He said, old people are just like bent children. Mm. And, and it's true. As you get older, you become like a kid again. You yeah. know, you've, you forget. And you, and you have to treat your aging parents right. with, a, with a, a kind 
disposition yes. like you would a child. You have to stop down constantly and remember, like, what the situation is. Like, she got here on Monday, and she has hearing, hearing aids, and she really needs them because if they're not in, like, everything you say to her, you've got to repeat three or four times or whatever. So she got here, and she opened her bag, and she got her her hearing aids, and she put them on the dresser, and she plugged them in, and they were all ready to go. And we didn't know. We were oblivious to this. And then all day Monday, what's today? And then the rest of Monday and the rest of Tuesday, she said, oh, I forgot my hearing aids. So it was like, oh, okay, she's going to be here all week, and we're going to have to repeat stuff a lot. Um, <laughs> and then she comes down last night and goes, oh, my hearing aids, they're on the dresser. <laughs> right? <laughs> And I said, I saw them on the dresser. Like, I didn't know they were hearing aids, to be honest with you. What, did you think they were beats? I didn't know what they were. (laughs) It was just something I noticed out of the corner of my eye. But I was in the mind frame that the hearing aids weren't here. When I quickly went in and out of the room. And I said, well, I thought you said you forgot them. She said, you know, I did. I thought I left them on the bed at home. So she came here, opened her bag, took them out, plugged them in, put them on the dresser. And from that moment on, totally forgot about that. And it's like, we all do quirky little things. But I mean, that's sort of beyond. Well, yeah, but one thing none of us have been is 90. No, that's it. And the woman is 90. Did you yell at her? <laughs> did you? No, I'm, I'm did just you get, thrilled. Was that it the, elder I, abuse? Yeah. I'm just thrilled that the hearing aids are here. To be honest, I, I love your impression of her. It's because it hasn't changed in 35 years. <laughs> Freddie, Freddie, and you know what the thing is about this woman? She loves me desperately. Well, sure, she does, and she loves to engage in conversation. Which is, and and honestly, even for 90, still. She just loves to talk about, you know, world issues, the news, the, yeah. and it's, it's, uh, it's something, you know, eventually I'll miss, actually. But, yeah, she's um, quite a woman. How so did we, your, uh, well, hang on a second. Okay. Sorry, Dan, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I thought we were done. So no, I because I, well, I, I thought we were going to talk about his trip, but I somehow sidetracked him onto his mother-in-law. No, I yeah. know. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. What about the trip? Yeah, no, I, okay. So we're oh, both okay, going. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. No, no, it's fine. I, I, I just brought, I, I was trying to do a joke about your mother-in-law and the dog. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, like half an hour later, we're talking about, uh, what, what is her name again? Joan. Joan. I always get Joan and June because your mom's name is June. Right. But and here's how it works. You open the door. Your mother-in-law is staying with you. Yes, no, I get it. You know, so you being the initiator in this case and me being the reactor, I thought I would tell you a mother-in-law story. Fantastic. Um, and, and later I'll tell you why I brought up the uh, fact that yes. that aging is not easy on anybody. You know, look at Dan Duran. You know, he's sometimes, you know, he's... You know, now that he's in his 80s, he uh, much more <laughs> much more forgetful than he used to be. And he's starting to look like an elderly gent. He is. A beautiful, well, at least Dan, at least Dan is aging, you know, appropriately. I, 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 the reason I brought it up is I went and picked up my passport yesterday. Mm. And I had forgotten just how heinous the passport photo that I got taken right. And then, again, we're going to get to your story about the trip. But I'll just tell you, coming up after the story about the trip, here's why. Because I had my old passport, which I got in 2014. 
and I was juxtaposing that picture 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just supposing that pictures with uh, with uh, the new pictures mm. and then I took a picture of that and I sent it to my kids and then we began a series of funny little back and forths about how daddy looks now versus how he looks in 2014 let me tell you this story this happened yesterday this, this before better we get be to about the trip. this trip Okay, no, I'm going to tell you a story about looks <laughs> and right. age. So I go to a dermatologist yesterday. I have this thing on my chest, and I've had them before. And I thought, you know, you got to have it checked out because my family doctor said that could be precancerous. So I went to this new dermatologist, not the old one that I used to go to in mm, Mississauga. And okay. he's looking at it. Nice guy. <laughs> and... Uh, and finally, he says to me, so why did you come to me? Why, why didn't you go to the the dermatologist you went to the last time. And I said, well, because I found them very impersonal, almost like a factory. And I said, you, I said, the discussions we had, because he asked me about where I had been and stuff recently because of my tan. I said, you seem to be very personable. And he says, well, you know what? He says, I like having you as a, as a, as a patient as well, because you're a cool dude with the long hair and everything. <laughs> That's what the guy said to me. You're Seriously. a cool dude with yeah, the long are. hair and everything. And I said, Geez, thanks, Doc. Yeah, thanks. I got that to 67. Was, was I'm finally a cool dude. <laughs> Only took 67 years. <laughs> I just wondered when you say that, what, is, what do the rest of his patients look like? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, I'll tell you. I walked out into the, into the waiting room. There was a lot of canes and walkers and oh, yeah. gray skin, brother. <laughs> well, yes. I was trying to send you guys... The picture of me in 2014 and me in 2024. Right. Uh, and so what I'll do is I'll try and I'll try again while you're telling us, you know, now that we've, so we've almost run out of time. But I thought the audience would like to hear about a grandpa generously, a cool dude, um, generously taking the entire family to an all inclusive Especially because I, 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 because I was, you've told me the story about the, the kids and the, I mean, the grandkids. Yes. Think about this. They've never been on an airplane. No. They've never that been was- anywhere hot with palm trees in the ocean and all that. And, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, pretty sweet little deal that grandpa and grandma took them on this trip with everybody. And uh, I thought maybe you'd have uh, just a, a few seconds. To, well, now that we've this, run out of time, do you have time to tell the story? This, oh, no, this, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say this This does set the stage for a heartwarming story. And I purposely mm-hmm. not talked to Fred about this because I, I just love the idea that he did this and that mm-hmm. his grandkids have, you know, their first. Well, at, and that's the difference. You know, you, Fred's got heartwarming stories and I'm I'm out here slinging Holocaust jokes. at <laughs> <laughs> That's where we differ. Guys, what, what can I tell you? It was fantastic from. Well, from the minute we told them we had done this, we had booked the trip and getting their reaction and them jumping all over their living room and looking forward to it. That's like two months ago. And then the anticipation was fantastic. Them referencing it all the time. And I'm telling John, you know, bring your baseball glove. We'll throw the ball on the beach and the football and all that stuff. And May looking forward to seeing geckos and, you know, palm trees in the ocean. And then they get here the night before. Uh, that was part of it. They were going to go to the airport with us from here, and they're all excited. And, you know, they couldn't get to sleep, and we had to get up, like, at 4.30 in the morning, which was weird for them. But fun, you know, 
4.30 in the morning, they're standing there with their coats on, looking forward to it. Like, even the cab ride, they don't, they're not in cabs ever. Even the cab ride. What do you mean? They've never heard of cabs? They've heard of cabs, but they're not in cabs. <laughs> so, was it a cab or was it Uber? No, it was cab from uh, here. Because okay. I had to make sure I had enough space. Right, So, right. anyway. Um, but even that, you know, it was fascinating. They're in the cab and looking around and they, the meter and they just loved it all. Anyway, then we get to the airport and to see them walk in the airport and look around because that massive building with all those people, again, they've never seen that before. The point of making every step of the way was fun with these kids right. and watching them, you know, walk down the thing into the plane and sit in there. Were they nerd? Were they because this was their very first time on an airplane, which I'm fascinated by. And we, we had mm-hmm. talked a little bit about this before you went about that maybe their ears were going to get uh blocked uh, were they nervous either one of them on the uh sitting there and when the plane started to take off no. and no and as i say you know just think about that for the very first time yeah. you know mm-hmm. i mean the very first time i was on a plane we walked across the tarmac and up the steps <laughs> that that's the way it was well, the first but time anyway, dan yeah. was on a plane he had to actually pull the propeller <laughs> <laughs> he had to clear some guy was going clear yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then them getting in their seats, and Delise and I were positioned where we could see them. And, you know, the taxiing was great. And they made sure they had window seats and taken off looking at their face. And they kept turning around and looking at us and like, wow. Yeah, what was that like, the, the moment that they left the earth for the first time? Well, it was just fascinating. I mean, their noses were stuck to the window. And we kept telling May, who's very much into science, as she will tell you, that you're going to go up. Because it was a cloudy day. And I mm-hmm. said, look at all these clouds. I said, we're going to get in the plane. And like within a couple of minutes, May, we're going to be through those clouds. We're going to be above the clouds. And it's going to be perfectly sunny. Yeah. And she she had a hard time, you know, computing that, obviously. And, uh, yeah, so it was fascinating. And then we get there and walking out. You know, we left in the cold and we walk out in, you know, and it's 30 degrees or whatever it was and palm trees swaying. And we get on the bus, go to the resort. And then that was a whole other adventure. It wow. was like, you know, all-inclusive. I mean, I, I'm i not big on the all-inclusive thing, but to watch them for seven days in an all-inclusive, they just couldn't believe it. They get up in the morning and it waffles and pancakes with Nutella and chocolate sauce and... You know, they're hungry for lunch. It's burgers and dogs and french fries and and nacho chips with cheese sauce. And for dinner, going and picking whatever they want for dinner. And no restrictions for that week. And, you know, this huge pool. And, you know, every day there's those, you know, those cheesy, all-inclusive activities around the pool that I can live without. But they were fascinated But go back to that. That's what I was going to say. Like, because you and I were talking about this. Like, I haven't been to an all-inclusive in so long. But... For a kid, all the things that most oh. adults kind of find a bit cheesy about the all-inclusive and the food becomes kind of monotonous. To a kid, that's what, I don't know if you remember I asked you this. I can just imagine an 11-year-old and whatever, a 9-year-old, getting to go and have unlimited ice cream. Yeah. And all sorts of treats and cakes and, and, um, and you know. Did they enjoy the free booze? And they like that. <laughs> oh, that was a whole other thing. Free booze, yeah. Anyway, so the first day, the all-inclusive, but and then I think Melanie, in a conversation with them, it was hard for them to comprehend that this was going to happen again tomorrow and the day after and the day after, that you were just going to get down into this restaurant and pick whatever you want, whatever you want. And they loved it. 
and again, you know, in the ocean, like diving into the waves, I just stood back and watched that. And I thought, isn't this freaking amazing? Yeah. You know, and them talking about the taste of the salt water and... Ah, uh, yeah, it was yeah, fantastic. Did uh, John or May? By the way, for for everyone who didn't know, Fred was in the Dominican. We forgot to mention that. You yes, know, the great storytellers that we are. Uh, you were in the Dominican, Cabarete, Cabarete. Um, at any point, did you uh, teach them how to get aggravated at the German tourists and how they, you know, uh, save their their chaise lounges with a towel no. at five it o'clock all, in the morning? It's pretty much all Canadians there. Mm. Um, but I'll tell you the all-inclusive thing. Like never, like uh, never say never because I had said that before. But this situation was different. This was a perfect situation for an all-inclusive taking your grandkids and your family. Yeah, I say because <clears throat> who wants to be cooking for all that group? Excuse me for a second. <coughs> yeah, and um, and when was like? Because I asked you this on the phone when we were talking. Yeah, uh, when was when would the last time have been for you? It has to be over twenty years. Yeah. yeah. My last it, time was with my kids in uh, the summer of 2014. In the summer, yeah. we went, Charlie and Spencer and I went to an all-inclusive in yeah. Cuba. Uh, yeah. Basically, it was like a last-minute thing. Hey, what are we going to do this summer? I know. Let's go. And uh, same thing. I enjoyed it because I got to see it through their eyes. Not, not quite the same as little kids, but uh, I yeah, wouldn't I, do it again. Yeah, I'd say this resort, maybe seven and a half out of ten. And it was the same thing, you know, pretty much the same stuff every night presented differently. Yeah. And I hit the restaurant wall pretty far, uh, fast, even like when we're away traveling, not all inclusive. Like after two or three days, I just want a home cooked meal. That's why we rent condos all the time and Airbnbs and stuff. But um, it, it was fine, though, because of the kids watching them in that environment. I didn't mind. And I so I ended up eating just like a lot of chicken and rice, which was fine. I like that. And about three nights, I think we went out for dinner, um, like off the resort, off the resort. We went uh, to the sushi place twice. And I think I told you last year about these things called Godzilla's. Yeah, yeah. It's the giant sushi, sushi mountain. mountain. I'll tell you, you know, John ate two of the like completely. And an order of fries with it. It was amazing. These kids of these grandkids of mine are like my kids were. They'll eat anything. It's fantastic. Dan, what about um, you? When did I? Did you tell me when was the last time you went to an all inclusive? Do you remember? Yeah, I do actually. It was the uh, it was Sandals Resorts because they were doing these uh, you know, bringing radio right. uh, shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into uh, these, you know. So we were part of that for two, three. Years like during ago. your Peterborough morning show days. Yeah, I think you know that's that that would be the last time before the before 2014 with with my kids. I'd forgotten about that Dan because when I was still at Boom, 2009 and maybe 2009 10, we did that thing. Me and Colleen did the morning show from a resort in the Bahamas. I think I can't remember, but it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Randy came with me uh, one yeah. year, and. Um, well, yeah. part of it was because you're with, uh, you know, people in your own profession right. from all across uh, Canada. Sure. And so that was great. And, the, and, and for it was us, pretty high-end as well. It's yeah, a pretty they high were like five-star. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're different. Yeah, yeah, this was not. Um, um, so the food was okay. And, you know, and they had a couple of the so-called specialty restaurants. And, again, it was just stuff from the buffet that was presented differently, proportioned differently and whatever. Um the booze there and i completely understand it like it's 
I'm drinking the beer, right? And not feeling it at all. Like, because in the afternoon, if I have a beer, I can feel it a bit, you know, on some level. But I understand it. It's basically non-alcoholic beer. And it was, wasn't bad to the taste, but it was just interesting to sort of realize the alcohol content. And the other kids were drinking, like, uh, you know, what are those mint drinks? Uh, you know, Bahama Mojitos and things. Mojitos and all the the 30-somethings are going, this, this isn't booze. Right. So you think they water, again, they think they water down the alcohol? Well, I, I don't know if the term is watered down. I just think they use very, very low alcoholic uh, beverages. And I understand it. Because if they were normal, given that environment, you'd have people puking and falling all over each other. You would. Yeah, no, for, I, I was going to say, it. it's, it's partly for, for economics. But I'm, I'm guessing a large part of it is that. Because I remember the last time I went to an all-inclusive, I was still drinking. And right. you're drinking all the time. You know, the many but, phases of uh, all-inclusive booze starts, in, you know, with Baileys yeah. and coffee. And that's, you know, that's how your day gets underway. Yeah. So at one point, I think it was Danny, my son, or one of the nephews, went over across the street and bought some Presidente beer in these tall bottles. <laughs> it was funny. There was three or four days into it. And they poured me a glass. And I drank a glass of this beer. And the first thing I feel in the sun in the afternoon mm-hmm. is a bit of a buzz. And yeah, then yeah. I thought, wow, obviously they are serving almost non-alcoholic um, beer. And then one other story, in the evening after dinner or whatever, when I'm away, I like a cappuccino or an espresso and maybe a little brandy or a little scotch or something. So I asked for it at the resort, and the stuff they gave us was just absolutely horrid. Like, I don't even know what it was. The guy claimed it was brandy. Me and Doug drank it it tasted horrible and felt nothing but anyway mm. they had this big cabinet with all this expensive booze like in the real it. booze the sign, real booze and the sign said you know it was for the exclusive members if you paid the the premium you had to have a black handband instead of an orange one so there was a guy i asked him and i said can i have some of that he goes no sir that you don't have the black handbag so i said to him oh, i can't buy some and he goes no sir you can't so I walk to the other side of the bar, and then he walks down the bar, and he looks at me, and he winks at me. Mm. Gives me gives me the one-second sign. So he goes in behind me. He came out with two glasses of, I, I don't know, it was Jameson or something for me and uh, Doug. So I slid him, like, a few hundred pesos, and uh, that set the tone for uh, the evening. Mm-hmm. Did, did oh, that get you a bit hammered? I greased the guy a bit, right? Yeah. And all of a did sudden, he, the good booze did he was say, uh, Did he say, you know what, sir, I'm giving you this because you're a cool dude? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it just shows you what can be done. Oh, and the yes. long and the short of it, and even coming home was fun with the kids, and every moment of it was fantastic. Nobody got sick before. Nobody got sick while we were there. Everybody had a fantastic time, a super bonding thing. It was great to be with their cousins. Uh, you know, Melanie and uh, Danny were there with their cousins, uh, Emma and John and their mates. And they all had a great time. And, of course, I always get along with Dougie. We have a good time. And kids, the kids were bugging us because we were always just sitting together talking, right? And look at the two old fuckers over there. And was Dougie having his darts? Uh, not that I saw, no. No, really? No, his kids were there. I don't. Ah, I see. Wants to do secret that. smoker. So, anyway, it was wonderful. All inclusive. Uh, we talked. If we do it next year, we're going to rent a big house, 
and then maybe hire like a chef for dinners or something. Yeah, yeah, people, people, listen, people do that. No, I know. And the thing is, when you slice and dice it, you know, that can be, you know, by the time you rent a house and then share it, like the money, and then have a chef come in just for the evenings to do dinner, it's probably not much of a price difference. So, Well, that yeah. sounds wonderful. I'm glad we had a chance to air that out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you for asking, gents. And... Uh, you know, when uh, you have grandkids, I uh, highly recommend you do the same. Because, you know, they're at the trailer all the time. They're here at the pool all the time. But there's just something different. Well, yeah, that, that was uh, quite the adventure. Yeah. Well, Dan, well, the thing is, when Dan and Lisa get married, are you guys planning to have kids? <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. That's all done, right? The marrying is done. We're... Uh yeah, you guys will have kids, some kids, kid. and then one They're day when you're thing. in your nineties, you'll have grandkids. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I don't you know. You can adopt a little Somalian. Child. <laughs> yeah, that's <What>? right, <laughs> Danny. Um, well, that is a great story. And uh, before we, we've got a couple minutes before Michael Landsberg's here. And again, I don't want to pull you back into any Auschwitz conversations, Dan. No. After such a beautiful thing, I will say this: I keep trying to send you guys. The difference in my passport photo from 2014 to 2024, but I'm going to see if you can you can you see that? You can't really see it, can you? Kind of. Uh, yeah. All like I know one's is black this. and white. One's color. I can see that. Well, here's the thing. As I said to my kids, I said, uh, <laughs> I said first I send a picture to them, and my caption is, "It's been a rough ten years." In 2014, I weighed 20 to 25 pounds more than I weigh now, and I was 10 years younger. You know, my hair hadn't gone gray yet, etc. And uh, so I, I get these pictures taken, and um, during Christmas, I put the... Because you, when you do your passport photos, you get two photos for the government, and then they give you a spare, you know, just so you have one, I guess. And I put that one up on the fridge, and it's just because I, I see it now. It makes me laugh. I honestly look... Here's what I look like. I look a much. I look much thinner in the face. I'm grayer. You know, I look like I've maybe been in a concentration camp. I don't know, but I mean, I don't. I can't name one. And then Charlie and I start going back and forth. He goes, "Oh no, I think you look. You look better now." And I go, "No, honey, I, I don't look better now. In fact, I said, or I'm thinking of never traveling again, just so I don't have to show this picture to anybody." And I, we go back and forth. And, and then she says, no, Daddy, you're fine. I said, no, no. To me, it looks like I just ran out of a burning building. <laughs> and instead of getting medical attention, I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll go get a passport photo. Because it does. It looks like I've been in a uh, some sort of minor fire where some of me got burned away. <laughs> I, I don't know when the last time you had a picture oh, taken. But, you know, so here's the thing. You know, it, it used to be you'd have to go to an official... For some reason, I remember this. An official passport yes. photo place. Yes. And, and, or, or, or the places that you would go to get your passport photo done were usually photo-related um, businesses. It was a bigger deal. It was a bigger deal. And, but the places, you know, do you know what I mean when I say like the places you would go were photography studios. Yes. So the lighting would be different. And, uh, you know, you, you would look as good as you can. I'm sure most people hate their passport photos. But I do recall in 2014 when I got it done that I still had you had to go to a place 
that had something right. to do with photos. <laughs> so, so the place I got it done this time was the convenience store down the street. Mm-hmm. How so, convenient. Well, exactly. That's what I thought. I thought, this is great. I was in there one day getting spits, and I said yeah. to the dude, I said, wait a second, you do, you do passport photos? He goes, yeah. <laughs> like, so I got my passport photo done this time in between the M&M display and the, and the freezer. And, you know, I'm standing up against the wall in the cold light of day in some guy's convenience store. <laughs> and I thought, oh, what the hell? You know, I got the pictures. I looked at them. And I said, what the hell? You know, he signs them on the back. They're official. Yeah, and who sees it other than the exactly. customs person in you? Yeah, but even the customs, I can only, <laughs> I can just imagine. The first time I show it, like in a couple weeks, uh-huh. the customs are going to look at it and go, are you sure you should be traveling? <laughs> no, are you okay? Are you, yeah, that's what I said to Charlie. I imagine the conversation is going to be like, sir, I think you should really... You should maybe maybe turn around. Maybe this is maybe traveling's not for you in your state because it looks like I've been at the very least had some recent cancer treatments mm-hmm. <laughs> in Porta Plata coming home at the Air Canada thing. The girl or the woman, not the girl, the woman looks at our passport, looks at and, you know, they check out your picture and your right. face. And she says to me, lots of hair now. That's what she said to me, because in my <laughs> my picture, I'm like, you know, it's 2015. I'm clean cut, probably yeah. down a couple of pounds, and my hair is all neat and everything. That's what she says to me. Lots of hair now. Yeah, well, when well, I go there. As long as you can tell it's me. Well, when I go there, they're going to say, um, well, you know, I, you know, one of my friends is going through cancer treatments as well. Yeah. yeah. Emaciation? Can you say emaciation? <laughs> well, I know. I'm, hopefully, by the end of the show, I'll be able to. Like, for some reason, in the morning, then, when I send or forward something to my Gmail, Sometimes it'll be a couple hours for some reason before it'll process. It's, a, it's really? the weirdest thing. Wow. Yeah. Well, Gmail's hey, really busy in the morning, I guess. Maybe. Hey, Howard, the, um, what about your Nexus picture that that spits out? That's pretty rough looking. You know, when you go through Nexus, coming home, and then that little card comes up with yeah, your yeah. picture on it? Oh, yeah. Or pretty have, you ever looked at the, have you ever looked at the back of your Costco card? Jesus. I can't well, even recognize I'm just going to tell you this. My Nexus picture, compared to this one, I look like America's Next Top Model. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, here we are. We've started another show. Michael Landsberg's on the way. Dan Duran's News Today, uh, where Dan will bring uh, a... a, a, a professionalism to this program and if we have time Dan during your news we should talk about that plane that small plane that landed in Ajax on the street go look it up fascinating okay. all right um, in the meantime we do have business to take care of and that is uh, the business of the people that support this program yeah like the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business that's what it is And you know what? There's no rival. If you have a small business, you want a benefits package for you and your people, uh, look no farther than the uh, Chamber Plan. Go to chamberplan.ca, get a free quote. Uh, You know, they have different levels that you can buy in because they realize, you know, not everybody can afford everything. Uh, So check it out. There's uh, prescriptions and dental and uh, some some of the programs have uh, therapies. There's travel insurance that we've used. A mental health component, uh, very important these days, and we're about to talk to Michael Landsberg about that. 
and uh, even an HR component now. So, you know, if you've got an employee that uh, you can't really figure them out, you'll get that support as well. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Such great support from our audience for Kelsey's, and we're just going to be wrapping up the uh, Kelsey's winter program and they'll be away for a couple months hopefully back in the spring and uh, thanks to everybody that reached out to us and we're so uh, kind uh, with the uh, recommendations to Kelsey's and all we can tell you is that it's a great place to hang out if you're watching the hockey game next Leaf game uh, you can have uh, a great time win a chance uh, for original six hockey tickets and uh, you should remind yourselves or let me remind you you should also remind yourself that every uh, Thursday night is wing night there. And they've been doing this at Kelsey since 1978. And Fred and I were just young men. You can try their legendary chicken wings for half price. Half price every Thursday. Sauced and styled how you like it. And wash it down with a $6 Coors. What are you waiting for? Grab your buds. Head to Kelsey's wing night and celebrate the start of the weekend the right way. More information at kelseys.ca that's kelseys.ca yeah man uh that no it was great they um when i was younger when you and i were younger the all-inclusive experience made a lot more sense mainly because in my case i can't speak for you but because when you only have a week off you know doing a morning show and we would get typically and I don't know if you remember this, because you had kids before I did. So typically, when you would take time off, you would take a couple weeks off. Yes. In the summer, of course, we never got spring break off because we were it was ratings. Right. But that's where the guest Fred's sort of started, is that, you know, while you were going away with your kids, because they were off in the summer, I would do a week off, and then I would do a week with guest Fred's. But when you only have a week... All-inclusives are great because, as my ex-wife used to say, all you have to do is add money, and you never have to worry about another thing. Where I, yes. where I, where I go to and live in the wintertime now in Mexico, I pass all these all-inclusives, mm-hmm. some of which I've stayed at over the years. I've stayed at the Hard Rock. I've stayed at the Grand Serenus. I've stayed at a couple other places. But I was just, my point, I guess, is when you have a little bit more time, which you and I now have outside of this trip with your grandkids... You know, you can explore the options. You don't have to worry about, you know, where, you know, because for years I would go to these places. I would never go grocery shopping in Jamaica. Like I've been to an all-inclusive in Jamaica, several of them. Whereas now, I think as you get older, the travel experience is different because you're not so um, stressed for time. Yeah. Part of the problem, and I noticed even last week, I mean, I don't have the greatest self-discipline when it comes to eating you know on amounts you and i have talked about that you have a plate and it was so good you could go and grab a little bit more or whatever over the years and that's been my downfall and you know in your situation you could be drinking beer all day and you know sometimes you do and you shouldn't um and i noticed that last week when there's so many things to choose from i would have a plate of food and think oh i should have tried that thing now i've had enough oh okay i'll just go and get a little bit of it mm-hmm. <laughs> and try it you know what i mean so by oh, the no, end of I the know. week it was by the end of the week i like i was done food wise since i've been home i haven't had one beer one drink i've had a ton of salad small portions 
And it's just amazing when you get back on track how good you feel as opposed to that one week of abuse. And there's no reason for it. I mean, if I had more discipline, I could go into that environment and act like a normal person, I guess. Although I shouldn't say that because I think the normal person thing is to overindulge for that week Mm -hmm. because... You know, you're on holidays and it's all there, so why not? A lot of people have that attitude. But, you know, you want to talk about age. It's 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 age-specific, too. It's like the older you get, the less you can do that. <laughs> Abuse well, yourself either through with, with food and drink. Yeah, and, you know, that's uh, an, an additional point to it all, which is mm-hmm. when I was younger and I would go away, you know, with with Randy during my marriage... And even when, you know, I was still younger, 12 years ago, a lady friend and I went on a couple all-inclusives, one in Mexico, one in Jamaica. And it's almost like the mentality for that week is, and you just touched on it, I'm only here for a week, so why not, in my case, why not drink all day? It's not like I do this all the time. Of course, as I got older, I did. But when you're younger, you can, you know, I, I remember those, I did a gig at the Hard Rock in Mexico in 2016. So I'm not drinking by that point. And I was also watching what I ate. But I still remember, now that I think of it, I guess that that was the last time I was at an all-inclusive. I just was there for three days working. I remember those breakfast buffets. And this is a high-end all-inclusive. When you can go and have an omelet and all the sausages and all the bacon and all the... all And and it's good. I, I find it hard to not keep going back and yeah and i don't want to have that like when i was in mexico last time in the fall you know like summertime ended and i felt a little bit heavier than i like to be and i made a decision that when i went to visit my brother in julieta that i was going to cook for myself mm-hmm. because the summertime i tend not to do it too much and in the six and a half weeks i was there on my own cooking my own food i actually lost a little weight yeah and that's why I say the experience of traveling, I feel like we're doing an aging with energy. The experience of traveling now versus when I was a kid and I, or a younger person, and I would go to these all-inclusives. I would go to an all-inclusive, and just as my father used to say, I would go hog wild. I just did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, every facet, in every facet of the experience, in too much yes. drinking, too much eating, you know, all of it. And by the... And I said, by the time I left, I had had enough of everything. And I didn't weigh myself. Before I left, I weighed myself. But when I got home, I thought, I'm not going to weigh myself and depress and get depressed over this. Because I know I'm going to be up a few pounds. And I know after a couple of days, you lose a good portion of that. But today is a week. I said to Delise, I'm going to wait a week till I get home before I weigh myself again. Because I don't want to, I don't want to go through that. Like, oh, look what I've done to myself. So, um, I didn't this morning because I had Dougie. But tomorrow morning, I'm going to weigh myself and compare it to when I left to see what the deal is. Well, I think that's uh, that's very smart. Mm. Um, mm. I was just about to send a, an email to our producer, uh, wondering where our friend Michael Landsberg is, but here he is. Uh, Michael Landsberg has, for uh, many years, uh, been a uh, yeah, big yeah, time. Yeah, skip it. All that. Skip the intro. <laughs> you know what? You know, <laughs> you know what? I'm tired of it. Seriously. 
Everyone uh, knows you. Sorry, I actually clicked on. Uh, I have because uh, we all have multiple Zoom or Teams calls during yeah. the day, and I clicked on my one for later today. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going, "Geez, these guys—they're never—they're never late. How can oh, you be exactly. late for your own show?" And then I realized uh, it was the wrong one. It's a—it's a great story. You can tell it to someone else in the future. Um, uh, mental health—it says here, mental health speaker and founder of Sick Not Weak. And, um, you know, it, I don't, are they still doing, you're, you're a Bell Let's Talk ambassador, but I don't think Bell is doing that program anymore, are they? Uh, well, I think Bell would be pissed, uh, the fact that you don't know that. Um, but I'm not surprised you don't. I mean, it's certainly lower profile. They have, uh, I've, I've seen some ads uh, that they've run on, uh, I guess, all kinds of CTV properties, which was really the thing that that gave them this amazing microphone or megaphone, right, for um, for spreading the word. It was coming from Bell, Bell Media, and they owned all these TV and radio stations, and uh, they could get the message out there. I think I think the message is a little bit more gentle now. I'll be uh, I, I will be doing interviews. I will be doing interviews and available for interviews uh, around Bell Let's Talk Day. Uh, so it still does exist. But but I am right in knowing in, in saying that it's the profile of it or it's they seem to have pulled back. And, and what is the actual Bell Let's Talk Day? I should know this. Ah. I really should. It's kind of disappointing that I don't. Uh, and if I if I was so inclined, like if I still worked there, I'd be going, oh, God, find out. Don't admit you don't know it. Uh, but I'll tell you uh, what it is. January 24th. I was going to say January 24th. Oh, perfect I wasn't day. sure of it. And, which is perfect day because, <laughs> because he's laughing. Because when Bell Let's Talk Day first began, I actually, because of my mental illness, I used to call it Bell Let's Talk to Howard Day. Yes, but, he did. But, but this, but this I year... I think that's narcissism, isn't it? I know. Like, it was almost like somebody better talk to Howard. Um, but it's actually on my birthday this year. Oh. So okay, it's well, even more apt, which is why he and I were giggling. That may be the reason why they've toned it down a bit. They know that they have a competing uh, big that's event right. on that day. It's like and, enough and already. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. You know, I, I, think, I think your question, though, is, I mean, the question's valid. If you haven't heard of it, then, of course, it's valid. But I think it is uh, a reflection of, uh, uh, I think, uh, because I, I obviously don't work there anymore. I just I get an email um, once, uh, I don't know, but a month before Bell Let's Talk Day, and they ask, you know, would you would you help out if someone wants to do some interviews? Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm always happy to do it. And uh, I, I would say, though, that it's definitely not this mega notice notice how i did that with my voice mm-hmm. that's a trained broadcaster a oh, yeah. mega event um like it was i mean it was huge back in the day so to speak it was it was like nothing this country had ever seen i don't think for like one event on one day and uh, it took a lot of criticism still takes a lot of criticism but i've kind of always been of the belief uh, and since i don't work there anymore this isn't me shilling for the company um you know it's one day yeah that's that's not a lot but it's one day more than a lot of places obviously do it and i don't want to get sidetracked but i want to ask you about that um being out of broadcasting now and how you feel but maybe we can talk about that at the end because the focus here is mental health michael do you is mental health a bigger crisis nowadays like grassroots or is it just we talk about it more so it seems like there's more of an issue you know what i'm saying yeah has it always been there at this level but now 
because people are more willing to talk about it, it seems bigger. Yeah, I think it's a little bit out of my pay grade to be able to answer that, to be honest. Like, okay. it's it's hard for me to... I mean, that's such a massive question with so many uh, aspects to it. But I when I when I think back to, for instance, when I was a kid, there was no discussion, like never any discussion of it. And I mm-hmm. even remember there was a guy that I went to school with, and uh, he, um, he died by suicide. And uh, no one spoke about it. Um, I mean, obviously, I learned about it, but it was more of a rumor than anything else. And it was it was just it was something no one even knew how to begin to address. Mm-hmm. And it was it, like for me, it was just inconceivable that that someone would do that. And I, I think that's still the reaction that a lot of people have. But if you if you measure how much it was talked about then uh, and in even in like subsequent 20 years later, no one spoke about it at all. And now we speak about it. So it's very difficult to answer your question. It's a good I question. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that I, I do think that there is circumstances today that have made mental health more challenging uh, than it was maybe when I was a kid or when you guys were a kid. Well, and and I, I think the pandemic definitely had an effect. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think there's just many people who are going, wow, you know what? I never really thought about this, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not very happy or, you know, I'm kind of miserable or I'm kind I'm always I'm always anxious. Yeah, you know, like, Michael, if I if I can interject, I I I, yeah. I would say this. You know, there I think Fred's question um and your answer when you say that there there was a time in our lives that people didn't even know how to begin the conversation. I would say everybody thinks and I've had this conversation recently. Everyone thinks they're living in the worst of times that have ever been. But I guarantee you there were mental health issues when people were going off to World War II, when, mm. when and, and they just, people, I mean, I was just thinking, you know, I, I knew, I think everybody knows of a suicide that happened when they were a kid that nobody talked about. We had one in Moose Jaw, some guy that was a friend of a friend of my brother's, you know, shotgun to the head. But it was just one of those things where you heard about it, but no one ever spoke about why did he do that? Back to the 60s, our, you know, mother's little helper, the Valium craze, you know. So I would say, as Shakespeare once said, "'Twas ever thus, it's just that until quite recently in our professional lifetimes where people felt comfortable enough to have the discussion. That's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I think that's really well put. And I, uh, you brought up the example of World War II. So let's let's just take the example, you know, is 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 there uh, or use that um, to focus on the question. Um, people came. I, I study World War II. It's kind of my hobby, not kind of my hobby. It is my hobby. Um, you know, I'm either reading about it or watching something about it every day. Did you see that? World and, War, by the way, did you see that World War II in color on Netflix? It's fantastic. Uh, dude. Yeah, I know. If I hadn't seen that, it would be like, what kind of World yeah, no, no, War but II? I, I, I just, I just came to mind. I loved it. Yeah. Fantastic. And you know, there's uh, there's a, a a sequel to the sequel, Band of Brothers. Right. Um, that's coming out next week, next Friday. And there's another called, one on Netflix called World War II from the front lines that just came out about a month ago. Yeah. You'd love. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, continue. I, yeah. So, uh, but you watch Band of Brothers, right? Yeah. 
arguably the best TV in my mind, arguably the be- the greatest TV, like the high point for television uh, in the history of television. It was that good. It's very good. Uh, and um, the same trio of executive producers, uh, including Spielberg and Tom Hanks, have done this thing called Masters of the Air. Um, so it's all about, I guess, um, well, I shouldn't say I guess, I know about, um, about the bombing raids mm-hmm. that the Allies conducted on Germany um, when the war really got going. Uh, and I'm super pumped for that. But that takes me back to what I was focusing on, which was, think about this. Um, we know that events in our life can conspire against us to create this thing that we now refer to as PTSD. Mm-hmm. And, and we know as as the years go on, our definition of PTSD gets broader because it wasn't that long ago that PTSD was only used for first responders and military, right? It was like, uh, well, you know, and I've done a fair amount of talks within the firefighting community. Um, like there, there's no doubt that if you're a firefighter and you're going out day after day, year after year, you're going to see an accumulation of stuff that is, that is horrendous for uh, any of us to see once, let alone a hundred times. But now we're expanding that to say, well, if 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 you had a kid that was sick, um, like my my buddy Carlo Coliacovo, a happy ending. His his son had uh, had leukemia, uh, I guess, about four years ago now, underwent treatment and uh, and is doing really well. And they have no reason to believe that he won't live uh, a normal life. But that is such an assault on a parent that is as bad as going to war. Right. I mean, like what could, what could be more more traumatic than that and now we're starting to say okay well you know like why would we not look at that person and look at their mental health challenges and wonder you know is it ptsd so um circling back to the war think think about coming back after the war think about all of the world war ii veterans that came back and and they all had the same uh the same story the same reaction they drank and they never spoke about it and because they never spoke about it, no one ever said, oh, my God, you know, we have we have a million soldiers um, that have come back from war. And we've never spoken about the fact that they're all horrendously mentally ill because right. of the war. So that's an example of how in that time no one spoke about it. It didn't. It just never right. came up. Well, it's funny because. My grandfather, again, I, he died when I was 11, but I always remember him saying on Remembrance Day, he didn't like Remembrance Day, and he used to say, I don't want to remember. That's all he would say on that day. I don't want to remember. Um, and at different levels of uh, mental health, and sometimes you look at somebody and you think, how can they be depressed? I saw in the, in, in the news this morning, this guy, Alec Musser from All My Children, died by suicide. And then I, I read the story a bit, and this guy had everything going for him that anyone could imagine you would want. He had fame, he had money, beautiful wife, and he takes his own life. It's, it's remarkable the different levels of like depression and anxiety and what it can do to people. You know, it's still it still comes down to uh, a number of factors, I think, because I, I think about this a lot. You know, how do you explain how somebody with everything to live for has decided they don't want to live? And it's in, entirely more complicated because we all have this survival instinct. Right. We all you know, you go to the doctor and, and the doctor says, OK, I'm going to send you for blood tests, a little concerned about this. And then they say, well, you know, I want to send you for a biopsy or whatever. Uh, I mean, that that is incredibly stressful. Uh, but not 
anxiety disorder, so to speak. But there's illnesses that you can quantify, that you can look at, that you can x-ray and show them. But mental illness is not one of them. So we still, no matter how much we know about this illness, there's still in the back of our head the idea that it's life circumstances and that if you have something to live for, as as he did in many areas, that he would never actually go and take his own life unless 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 what? Why would why would he do it? And really, the only way to look at it, I think, is that you you got to ask the same question, but replace uh, depression with cancer and say, well, how could someone with so much to live for, um, you know, get cancer and die? I mean, that would be an asinine question. Yeah. Right? Using it as a as an analogous to having a disease that 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 you that is put upon you. Uh, and, and, you know, anytime somebody like that. Uh, takes their own life. I always come back to the idea that, and, and we've talked about this on with, with you on many occasions and several times just by ourselves, that that shows you that nobody, nobody ever really knows the struggles that other people yeah. are, are going through. And that's why, you know, as all of us have aged, I just speak for myself, where I've learned to be a bit more tolerant of other human beings because I got the idea that they're not doing that to piss me off. Maybe they're acting that way because something within them is uh, amiss. I wanted to um, mm-hmm. read you something, Michael, that one of our listeners sent us in anticipation of your appearance. It says, uh, hey, Howard, I saw that you're having Landsberg on tomorrow. That guy is the real deal. 14 years ago, I was in a really bad depression, and then in brackets, really bad. I reached out to Michael, and we had a correspondence that really helped me out. I'm nobody famous, just a guy, and Michael took the time to help me. I think he's done that with many people, and he's been a great spokesperson for mental health, as you guys know. Of course, I'll be tuning in, and I won't use his name. But I just thought you should hear that. Make, I don't know if that makes you feel good or it does. You know, it makes me feel good as a poet. Like whenever a story starts with, and I, I figured it was probably a good thing. You weren't going to read out one where well, that guy said, "I reached out to Lance." Yeah, maybe, and he never you know, responded. that's old. He's Mike, a dick. Michael Old Howard might have, but not New Howard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, and I um, and I believe that. I can see that. But um, when someone comes up to me, which is, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but you know, once a week, someone will come up and, and talk to me and say, "Oh, you know, I reached out to you." Six years ago, and I'm always going. Please, please have responded. Please have responded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's an awful feeling. I mean, you know, you can't respond to everything and everyone. It's, it's just, uh, you know, it would overtake your life. But I'm always thinking, wow, I want to have responded because it's yeah. the right thing. So whomever that 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 right. person is, um, I think the bar is really low in our world. Right. So it's like it really stands out when you do something that's just decent, not exceptional, but just decent. Yeah. Without giving too much detail, I can relate to that because Michael has helped someone that I know. And Michael, you know, you had a great broadcasting career. Um but really, I, I wonder, your legacy might be more this than that. And you got to be oh, proud of that. Uh, you know, it's funny, my legacy, uh, if you asked if you asked people, uh, hey, how about Landsberg? Uh, my legacy would range from, what a dick. 
<laughs> I hated that guy. Oh, my God. He thought he knew everything and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. God, I couldn't stand that guy to, you know what? Good for him. He's used something crappy in his life to make a difference in other people's lives. Um, so that that would be sort of the wide range that you would get. Mm-hmm. And certainly before October the 20th, 2009, that was the date Stefan Riche was a guest on Off the Record. And that was when I first mentioned my own battle with depression and anxiety. So before it, there would have been way more people in the what a dick camp yeah. than there would would have been the next day when mm-hmm. people said, well, you know, good for him. But well, I, I can I can certainly relate, you know, the but I also think that's the arc of a, I'm not even sure what I would say, like an evolved human being. Yeah. You know, like if you're the same in your 60s as you were in your 40s, something's fucking wrong with you. You know, you haven't been paying attention. Um, just a very quick story. And my youngest daughter has now been doing comedy and stand up and been in clubs. And she called me a couple of weeks ago. She said, I, I was out with somebody that has been on stage with you or knew you from Yuck Yucks. And similar to what you just went through, like sometimes when people say, oh, I met Howard. And I'm always like, oh, God, you know, what's this story going to be? Because it could range the same, you know, gambit that you had. And so my daughter, Spencer, said, yeah, I ran into this woman. And she uh, said, oh, your dad's Howard Glassman? She, and she said, yeah. And, she, and I was kind of bracing for, you know, the inevitable. Oh, he's a yeah. fucking asshole. And she said, you know what? He was so encouraging to me. And I was like, oh, really? She, and that's what she said to my daughter. She goes, oh, he's so nice. And he was so encouraging. And, and of course, my ego, I go, did you not say I was funny? Um, yeah, really. But I, I thought, you know what? And, and we, Spencer and I talked about it. I said, you know, that's, that's a pretty nice, that was a nice story. You know, I, and I think as I've gotten older, I'd like to believe there's more of those than the latter as well. Yeah. So let me add this, that when I, when I described what some would have said, uh, or some did say before 2009 uh, and what uh, what they the percentage might be afterwards that said something different. This this is not as so much me learning that, you know, the world is more precious and the people, um, as as you said, you know, everyone's going through something. This is not me being a kinder person because I was always that person. TV is what brought that side out of me. And I think if I did a show like Off the Record now, I think I would go about it, you know, largely the same way and say, okay, well, you know, this is this is how I think the job should be done, given my abilities too. like like you can't do as you guys know, you can't do somebody else's show. You got to do your own show. And what off the record was, was an expression of of how I thought the show should be done. And I used to hear all the time and, and people would like laugh. Guys, I work with people would go, oh, yeah. Well, or someone would come be a guest on the show. And then they would come back a second time, uh, if they came back a second time, uh, and they would go, oh, my God, everyone was asking me, you know, is Lionsberger a jerk? And I would say, no, this is what the guests would say. No, he's actually a really nice guy and really respectful. And they would go, no, you, you, you know, you can't be saying, you can't be truthful. So, um, you know, I, I've certainly evolved and changed since, um, since my 40s, without a doubt. But I'm not sure that the fact that I speak about mental illness in a candid way is a reflection of that. Let me ask you about this. And um, Howard mentioned Spencer, his daughter, millennials, Gen Z, this air of hopelessness. Now, often through depression, there's feelings of hopelessness, hopelessness, but it's unfounded. Nowadays, kids in this age group, I mean, there's actually tangible hopelessness. Owning a home. Can I afford kids? Things have changed a bit different, uh, have changed from when we were that age. 
How much of a problem is this with those kids nowadays? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, Howard did say uh, not long ago, like eight minutes ago, probably, he said, you know, every generation believes that Mm -hmm. they have the toughest times, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, man, you know, in the old days, everything was great. Um, So I I, again, I it's above my pay grade to be Mm -hmm. able to analyze this. But, you know, I I think there's there's been this sense of times are tougher now than they've ever been uh, forever. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's always this perception that it was uh, um, that we looked at it like uh, it's tougher for me than it was for my parents. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not saying you're not right on that. I'm not I'm not saying that doesn't exist. Uh, but I mean, I think there's real trouble um, that's that's not only coming, that is uh, has visited upon us. Uh, and that you know, would be the whole MAGA thing from uh, from the South. I think that yeah. that that's uh, and obviously I'm uh, I'm sort of playing my political card now by saying that. But I, I think that, you know, we are teetering on the edge of something that none of us have seen in our lifetimes absolutely our parents like i i think we're we've never been more vulnerable to a massive disastrous change in our lives than we are right now and 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 i would agree with you but the comma in the sentence says i would agree with you except for our parents and grandparents did see something like this in their lifetime it was called the rise of the third reich and Mm -hmm. and you know, I was having this, a similar discussion with somebody on the weekend. I said, you know, every generation believes they're living through the best of times and the worst of times. In fact, that sentence comes from a book that's hundreds of years old because it was the best of times and the worst of times. In 1969, we put a man on the moon. In 1973, the U.S. government exploded and their president had to resign. And believe me, those people thought they were living in the most chaotic times ever because to them it was. Sure. And so and to Fred's point to us, this is something that's never been seen before. But I would say, uh, you know, using uh, Nazi Germany as an example, um, the difference between Nazi Germany uh, in the 30s and the evolution of the Nazi Party and Hitler and and his rise to power, uh, you know, like the difference is um, that was there. This is here. Yep, absolutely. Great point. You know, you know, it's uh, well that and that, and they didn't have the funny little red hats. <laughs> Who had red hats? MAGA. Oh, the, saying, the yeah, MAGA. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. of uh, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> their, their, their costumes, their costumes sure. weren't I mean, as exotic. They, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, the Nazis had much more bolder. Um, That's paraphernalia. True. That's if, true. If no, you but will. you make a really good point. That happened there. Yes. As opposed to this stuff's happening where we live now. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're going to see and, it first. Hand. And Fred's made this point, and I think it's a very, very good one, as we sort of have to wrap up our discussion. We have a client standing by. But all of this is happening through a prism that has never been uh, in the world before, which is social media and instant access to information. Yes. Yeah. That is yeah. one thing our parents, and, that, and the examples I've used, World War II, the 60s, they didn't have that. Okay, Michael, the condensed version. Do you miss broadcasting? Do you miss uh, getting yeah. up every day and doing your thing? 
Oh, uh, I would say on a scale of one to ten, uh, do I miss broadcasting? It would be a zero, um, which is oh. not a reflection in any way of lack of love for what I got to do. Uh, but I've, you know, I, I kind of wanted, um, sort of dreamed about trying to be able to do something else. Uh, I, I, I certainly had my fill. I mean, I figured out I did a daily sports talk show of some kind, whether it was Sports Desk, now Sports Center, Off the Record, or, um, or radio show in the morning. I did it every day of my adult life, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just really happy to be challenged in other ways. I still get to perform, which I really enjoy, whether, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I like doing what I'm doing right now with you guys. You know, I, I like hosting a TV show. I love being on stage and giving a talk uh, about mental health. Uh, and I've been able to, we haven't discussed this, but move into an area of business that um, that I've been able to take every, every road of my life has led me to this thing called First Step, um, which I'm partnering this is not the promo part uh i'm partnering with green shield on a program that we think will change people's views about mental health because it won't be dry and boring and clinical and Mm -hmm. uh you know all the ways that some of the very high profile campaigns have come off so (laughs) i i I couldn't you know i couldn't be uh this is the best time well you guys have kids um, my parents passed away. My dad died almost exactly two years ago, and my mom died uh, about uh, four and a half years ago. And I came from a very, very close family, and I adored my parents. And through my childhood, for sure, I used to worry about you know my world without them in it. Uh, and uh, when they died, I was very pragmatic about it. Both had great lives and really the best that life can offer to you. But because I mentioned this, because they're not here anymore, I don't worry about them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you take the people that I worry about the most, if you take my kids and my wife, uh, they're all healthy now. And that hasn't always been the case. And so how is my life ever going to get better than right. it is today? Today is like literally as good as my life is going to be. Uh, And that's a positive, not a negative. Um, So to answer your question, no, I don't miss it. Uh, I don't think about it. It's like, okay, what's next? Well, listen, man, what's next? I hope it will be another appearance. Uh, We we, we love having you on outside of Bell Let's Talk Day on Howard's birthday, January 24th. Um, you're always welcome here, and we love, uh, you know, let, listen, and, and we would love to have it open it up because it can be mental health or, you know, what's going to, what do you think of the Bills and KC on the weekend? I also want to mention a friend of ours, Kevin Frankish, who has also started to delve into the world of mental health. He is uh, working for a company, OntarioShores.ca. I mention it because on his mental health podcast last week, he interviewed me about my eight years of sobriety, and I have posted that on our Facebook page. Pretty interesting discussion with Kevin, and um, we had talked about you as well, about the work that you've done and how you know, you've made it easier for all of us, I think, to have frank discussions about it. Yeah, he's one of those guys who, who I, you know, I look at and admire. Uh, and it's very healthy for me to look at it because I see the value of it. When you hear it coming from somebody else's mouth, you think, oh, okay, well, that's really important. Wait, I can do that, too. I just he's he's a hero to me because he drove every morning at like 4 a.m. Yeah. from Barry into Toronto to do a <laughs> no, I know. show. And it's insane. Insane. Um, listen, dude, thanks for dropping in again and all the best to you. Yeah, you too. You guys are awesome. Thanks, pal. Sorry. Take care. Michael Thanks, Lansbury. Mike. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. And, um, you know, go find out more about Michael on your own. I don't have time to. Yeah, good point. <laughs> you know, if you want to know what he's doing, just go Google Landsberg. All right, buddy. Take care.
See you later, Michael. Uh, Freddie, this program is uh, brought to us by so many special people. For instance, well, you mentioned uh, the Bills in Kansas City. Early line, Bills favored, minus three, the over-under 45.5 points. So at home, uh, Sunday early evening, 630, the Buffalo Bills favored. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment, from their industry-leading odds uh, to their world-class sports book and feature-rich poker room uh, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That's Bodog. And speaking of uh, sponsors with a B, there's Bodog and there's Boron One. Boron One, we mentioned again yesterday, the ubiquitous nature of Boron and how it is in everything. Glass production, insulation, fertilizer, silicon, metallurgy. I like saying metallurgy. I'm not 100% sure what it is. LCD screens and waste storage, lithium batteries, computers, heat shields, and more. And as a... As an investment opportunity, I know uh, I've been talking to some people outside of our show about just what Boron is up to, Boron1 at Boron1.com, and the stock is, um, it's in play, whatever that means. And again, we make no claims about stock prices, where it could go. All we offer is an opportunity to check out a company that is engaged in the production of boron, which is a rare and difficult thing to do. And as a junior mining company, it's a one in a thousand shot to get to where they are now and where it could go in the next two to three years. At least have a look at it. Have the Sherpa have a look at it. Have Jay Bondi have a look at it. And uh, go check it out at uh, boron1.com. Speaking of Jay Bondi, he's uh, he's here. Hang on a second. Yeah, I, I wanted to give uh, Frankish a shout out there because um, yes, he's a great kid. Great kid. He's a great guy. And I will tell you, I've been I've talked a lot about sobriety in various forms over the last eight years. But he asked me some really good questions. You know, I don't know why I was surprised that. That Kevin Frankish is so good at that job because he's been doing it as long as we have. Right. I was going to yeah. mention that. I, I forgot to mention that to you when I was catching up with you that that it was about a 30, 35 minute interview. And several times he asked me questions that were just really thoughtful and smart and mm-hmm. gave me pause. You know, when somebody asks you something that you go, oh, well, that's an interesting way of looking at this and uh so go check it out. I put it on our Facebook page. And uh, I think, you know, if you're interested in that kind of thing, mental health, sobriety, uh, Kevin's uh, done a great job. All right. Fantastic. And uh, speaking of a great job, let me get the, uh, the Sherpa theme. Part of the Sherpa team. The guy we've gotten to know. He's been on the program a few times. Uh, welcome back. I'm getting old, Jesus. Is this your first appearance of the new year? First appearance of the new year, third, uh, third in culmination of right. uh, of our history together. Yes. Well, you're going to be putting. I know, I know this. You're going to be putting up Hall of Fame numbers. Uh, happy New Year! Because uh, I, I was thinking, should I say Happy New Year? Is I've already talked to Jay. Uh, Jay Bondi, welcome back to the program from uh, Raymond James. Jay's part of the uh, Sherpa team and uh, part of the Humble and Fred show now. And always great to have you. Pleasure to be here, gentlemen. Thank you. Yeah, when you get to mid-January, you're like, 
should I be yeah. messaging like, people Happy New Year? Like it's two weeks ago, right? Wait, what but, is the uh, best before date on that? I never know. I, I think it's around now, right? Like anything past the 15th, I'm like, okay, if I haven't talked to you yet, then uh, <laughs> your New Year's off to a good start, I'm assuming. That's let's, right. let's get into the, the crux of things here, so... Yeah, but, you know, ah, I've often thought about that. Even if it's late January and somebody wants to wish you that, then how do you do any, how do you, how do you do anything but not receive it well? Thank you Absolutely. very much for those wishes. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I Just guess you're right. Well wishes yeah. Yeah. at any time of the month on any, yeah. on, on any um, uh, topic. Well, the topic today, and we mentioned this, Freddie's talked about it a little bit, talking about your appearance. Is something we've discussed, but I want to. I think it's important for people that aren't sure about them. The it's important to talk about TFSAs, what they are, and why now is an important time to be thinking about them. Yeah, thanks for asking, guys. I mean, uh, TFSAs are, are a great vehicle for for so many. Whether you're uh, in the stage of life where you're earning a nice income, um, or you're uh, you're maybe just getting started. Uh, anytime you're you're over the age of eighteen, you can establish a tax-free savings account, and there's many reasons uh, to do so. I mean, you're not getting the advantage of um, of the um, after-tax dollars uh, going in, but uh, but you are uh, you are building wealth for the future, or building it for like a short-term investment that you like short-term plan that you have. Maybe you're young and you're looking to save money for your first car or whatever. It's a great vehicle for for so many reasons. So, and just to be clear with these, because I am still surprised at how many people aren't quite sure exactly what these are. I mean, basically, within your tax-free savings account, you could invest a thousand dollars and make a million, and it's tax-free. Correct. That is correct. Uh, there so, are some uh, potential limitations on that. Uh, if the government deemed you to be uh, trading uh, in and out and, and treating it more as a business account, then right. uh, then you could get uh, the mm-hmm. CRA uh, coming down on you. But yes, yeah, so ultimately, uh, for, for those of us that, that are doing the normal everyday kind mm-hmm. of um, long-term investment strategy, then yes, any, any growth that you have in your tax-free savings account, uh, you haven't deferred any of it. It's Future wealth is uh, and, and worth to you is exactly what the account value states. So it's it's a great. And, and what you're saying is, if you tr- if you treated it like a market, uh, like a, a market account yeah. where you're trading things or trading account, I should say. Yeah. But also to be clear, how it differs from an RRSP is you don't get the you don't get to. Explain at that. the beginning. At yeah. the beginning, yeah, great. I mean, the biggest difference between an RSP and a TFSA is in a TFSA, your your contributions are made with after tax dollars. Um, so you're you're getting taxed on the money going in because you're 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 claiming that on your annual income, uh, but the future. Um, the future value of that right. you can draw out at any time and not add to your income in the year that you draw out. So that's that's the huge advantage to them. Um, you know, some of the strategies we see with with like high income earners that are currently, you know, if you're in your mid 40s, mid 50s and, and you make a really nice paycheck, you know, an obvious strategy that most people do is they'll top up their RRSPs, getting the, the, the tax deferral um, using their pre-tax uh, dollars to do that. Uh, they'll get their return in April or May whenever they get their tax return and they will then use that return to to top up their tax-free savings account. Um, so that's one strategy there. The other strategy that we, you know, is not talked about as often, but for lower income earners, 
you know, 18, 19, 20, you're not making, you're only making 30, 40 grand a year. Uh, but you can shed some of that away because you're still living at home, maybe. Um, and uh, and you put that money into your tax-free savings account so that when you are in your 30s or 40s and making a little bit more money each year, we've actually seen people um, take money out of their tax-free savings account to contribute to their RRSPs. Uh, so they're kind of reverse reverse engineering that and lowering their income at a stage where they're earning more income. So those are a couple easy strategies to think of and how you can utilize uh, tax-free savings account and RSPs together. And let me ask this question. So I'm a young person like that. I've got $50,000 in my tax-free savings account in cash. Within that, can I buy investments within that and they remain tax-free? Yes, you can. Again, the the one limitation is you just got to be really careful that the CRA doesn't see you trading on a daily basis in that because then they could deem that to be a business style account. I get Um, it. So, yeah, I mean, the uh, the tax-free savings account is an amazing vehicle. The important part about your tax-free savings account is, is A, to utilize it. Again, treat it like a bank account almost where, you know, you, you can take money out of it on, a, on an annual basis if you needed to get at five grand for whatever you need it for. The very next year, what's nice about a tax-free savings account is that um, contribution room is available to you. So the 5000 you take out in 2023 is back available to you in 2024. Oh, oh. Above and beyond that, the government mm-hmm. gave us $7,000 more uh, each year because every year uh, there is an extra contribution that you can make to a tax-free savings yeah. account. And just, just pause there for a second, Jay, because I think that's important. Yeah. You're saying like yeah. if you have that's really interesting. I never thought about I never even heard about that. So you have 20000 in a TFSA. You take out 5000 You're not taxed on it. And now for the following year, you have 12,000 in your TFSA because of the seven plus the five that you borrowed from yourself. Correct. So the only the only rule on a TFSA is you can't recontribute the dollars that you took out that year until the following calendar year. Mm-hmm. But you have the seven thousand each year. Well, seven thousand this year. Last year it was sixty five hundred. So every year the government sets the standard for what tax free savings contributions is. Uh, ultimately, if you were born prior to two thousand and eight, you have up to ninety five thousand dollars in lifetime um, eligible TFSA contribution room. Wow! And and we don't feel like enough of our clients, well, not necessarily our clients, we don't feel enough of the people that we have the opportunity to speak to are really taking full advantage of it. Because mm-hmm. the old uh, the old adage with investment accounts is, well, you know, I, I, I put money in there and I never touch it. You know, I don't touch that until I retire. Well, a tax-free savings account has the advantages of you can get at those dollars when you need them um, and, and earn better returns than you can in just a general savings account. Um, so that's, that's, that's a big part of it for sure. Well, I tell you what, that was uh, very informative, especially that last part, because I don't think again. Well, we mentioned it in this discussion. I'm, you know, there's there's lot, still lots of questions about them. I'm not sure I understand yeah. everything, but I definitely we we definitely got something new today. Yeah, and awesome. and the whole concept of the being retroactive, like every year, like people that if you don't contribute, it carries over. And there are people are sitting on sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars of eligibility right now and don't even know it. Absolutely. That's yeah. uh, that's something that we enjoy uh, finding that out for people mm-hmm. because there there's a great opportunity that they haven't been made aware of. Right. right. So, yep. again, uh, the people born prior to 2008 
which there's a lot of us. Most of the investment world <laughs> well, is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they prior to that, they didn't even the TFSAs really didn't exist. Right. Yep. So the reality is, is, you know, for our younger listeners and uh, and people, you know, the, the most important thing that we always remind people, even, you know, if you can set it and forget it, that's always the best right. way to invest. And by doing that, you set up the, the whole pay yourself first strategy, Yeah, the old wealthy barber strategy. Exactly. Pay yourself first, set it as a pre-authorized contribution, make a bill payment every month to your TUFSA. But knowing you can get back at those dollars if if you need them is is a huge mm-hmm. is a huge, uh, you know, part of what a tax free savings account can do for people that they really need to be aware of. Well, I, I just think it's interesting. The actual acronym tells you what it is. Tax-free savings account. Figure it out, Howard. With the help of uh, Jay Bondi. Thanks, my friend. Jay.Bondi at RaymondJames.ca. Part of the Retirement Sherpa family. Part of the team. And you can find out more at RetirementSherpa.ca. Great job there, JB. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. All right, pal. Take care. There you go. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Howard. Okay, buddy. Now we know. It's a tax-free savings account. Hard to believe. No, there was lots of stuff in there. Again, I didn't, I didn't know you could take out money um, and then put it back in the following year. Like you could buy some more on uh, one stock and put it in a tax-free savings account. You know, that's type of thing. Yeah, we know that would be that. That would be the uh, that would be the strategy. You know, I, I like the fact that that would involve a couple of our clients. May I offer you another option? Mm-hmm. What you could do is take some money out of your tax-free savings account mm-hmm. and then use it when you did redid your mortgage with our friend Mike Kazarian. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm talking about Lender's Choice Mortgages. Mike's one of the broker owners and independently owned and operated member of Mortgage Alliance, license number 13582. Uh, great discussion yesterday. We talked, we talked at length, as they say. About Mike's uh, experience, long-time guy with banks, and then began this company. I mean, he worked for some big banks. And why he's now uh, opened this up uh, years ago to basically give people an, a chance to... And other options other than just renewing your mortgage at your bank. They have access to over 75 lenders. Uh, so they shop around for you, and they don't have any preferences. They will set up... And, and as I think you mentioned this yesterday... If you can shave a half a point or a point off your interest rates, you know, over time, what that saves you, it's certainly worth having a conversation. Let me try that again. It's certainly worth having a conversation with Mike Kazarian at Lender's Choice Mortgages because, you know, at least when this mortgage that you have comes open, have some all have some options. They work with banks, credit unions, alternate alternative lenders, private lenders, and they say that they will find a solution for all your mortgage financing needs. That's Mike Azarian and the fine folks at LendersChoice.ca. Right on, right on, right on. Look at on. us all grown up, boron. We have stocks. We have we have the Sherpa. We have Bondi. We got Kazarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, uh, you know, all uh, adult stuff, right? Yeah. Grown-up stuff, you know. You know, I know Mike uh, Boone has a, a funeral home as one of his sponsors. Yes. <laughs> you know what? We've that got should to be, be ours. That yeah. should be ours. Yeah. we got to get it. How, mm-hmm. how do we not have a funeral home? Mm-hmm. 
How did we miss that? <laughs> um, I know you're all caught up, mm-hmm. but I still have uh, one more. Hang on a second. One more client uh, obligation. This is my last email. We are on board. Looking for a fast break from working so hard? When you're ready to box out some time for fun, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. We make getting the latest basketball odds and free sports tips a slam dunk. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Can you uh, can you see my t-shirt? My buddy Al gave me this. Uh, I, the micro, I like golf and maybe three people. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Isn't that great? My buddy yeah. Al came over the other day. He said, I got a present for you. I saw this and thought of you. And I said, well, I said, I love that. I mean, it's a little bit of an exaggeration. Maybe two people. Mm-hmm. Now, is that stock or did he have that made thinking um, of you? I think it was stock. Yeah. But the great thing is he got one for himself, too. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. Look at that. <laughs> Where do you suppose our friend Dan Duran is? It's uh, after nine o'clock as we're recording this. Uh, if you're not watching us on Facebook. Maybe an issue came up with the Theater Guild that he's in the middle of. That's right. Fiddler on the call. roof. Maybe, you know, there's been a flood at the Theater Guild. Oh. Toronto Mike uh, just uh, tweeted or just uh, mentioned on our Facebook feed. Shout out to Ridley Funeral Home. We want to get Ridley on this show. Ridley Funeral. That really is like would be the last sort of like the little like a, a great exclamation point on our sponsorship journey. Mm-hmm. Humble and Fred have signed a funeral home. And we do trade. So they get to sponsor, and then when we die, they look after us top to bottom, including nice bo- including nice caskets. That's great. We did a contra. We did a contra deal on our death. So all we want, we'll give you advertising. All we want is that when we die, we have beautiful funerals that don't cost our family a cent. How about that? <laughs> that makes me laugh. Plot. Hey, we want a plot, too. When we're, t- when we're talking to radio people, yeah, we're doing some death contra. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan Duran, uh, welcome back. Thank you very much. Are you wearing is the same... Ch- what? I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask you, is that a real... A real really funeral? I just have my computer shut down. I had to reboot. So yeah, yeah, I that is a real funeral home. They, they sponsored the Toronto yeah. Mike podcast. Oh. It's Ridley Funeral Home. And what I was saying to Friedrich there is that... Uh, how do we miss that? We should probably have a funeral home because we have all the other adult things covered. By the way, you see my T-shirt? I like golf and maybe three people. <laughs> <laughs> Talk oh, that's about, good. Talk yeah. about nailing it. <laughs> I said to Fred, I said, my buddy Al gave that to me. I said, it's a bit of an exaggeration. I'm not sure I like three people. Wow. Um, okay, Dan, listen, buddy. Let's yeah. not fool around anymore. Let's okay, get let's you going with the uh, Dandaran yeah. news. Did you see that story, by the way, about the plane that landed in Ajax? Yeah, it's ready to go, right? All right, all right, all, all right. questions for you on the whole thing. All right, here we go. Now, here's to a fella named Dandaran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Ho! Oh. 
Gandaran, the anchorman comes As fast for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dandoran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now Mr. and Mrs. Duran would like to welcome you to their home Where Daniel does the news He's movie anchor, star of television series And now... Uh, brought to you here every day on the Humble and Fred Show. It is Anchorman, Daniel J. Gieber Duran. The small plane with only one engine nightmare came true in Ajax this week. The pilot was flying from Oshawa, the Oshawa Airport, to Billy Bishop Airport on Toronto Island and was forced to make an emergency landing on an Ajax street just south of the 401, very close to the 401. This could have really gone bad. He had an engine failure. Uh, he was able to glide onto a roadway. There was damage to the plane and to light poles. Nothing caught on fire. It looks like a you know a minor crash. The wing got banged up a little bit. But can you imagine being the guy in that plane freaking out or trying you know just trying to live, trying to figure it out? Um, you know, I, I have some. Um, Air traffic control uh, uh, recording here. Yeah, the audio. I, I I heard it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, this is after he declares mayday, 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 and and uh, here we go. Can't hear anything, Dan. What's that? Can't we're, not, hear. we're not hearing anything. Oh, you're not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, try this. Can you hear this? Again, not hearing no. anything. We're not here. We're not here. Delta Hotel, just watch for traffic and land wherever you think you can safely land. And get in touch with me once you're down safely. Yeah. And there's a couple of follow-ups after that from uh, tra- air traffic control with no response from the pilot, which also probably freaked out air traffic control until they did hear that he was okay. Well, she asked him, when you're down, get in touch with us. He must have forgotten. Yeah. Or he's rude. <laughs> no, that's right. That's the first thing I would say. How rude of you. I hate when I ask people to send me a message after they almost die, and they don't. How <laughs> dare they? What would have happened, Howard? What could have happened? I mean, you've you've flown those planes. You're a pilot. Like, what could have happened there? Because it's, it's, I mean, again, engines. when you think of all the flights in a day and air traffic, I mean, it's a pretty unique situation. Well, who knows why the engine failed, but I also understand that, you know, those planes, like even big planes, are meant to glide. Mm-hmm. I I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like a a three or four to one ratio for every thousand feet you're in the air. You can glide for four thousand feet Mm -hmm. or four miles, whatever it is. So he he it wasn't a matter of could he land the plane. It was a matter of finding a place, a flat surface with no cars on it. That's when I looked at the story, Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, that's always the the gamble is, okay. there's the highway or there's some roadway. Sure. And, and I can get the plane on the ground. I can glide it to the ground. But am I going to get hit by a car? Or am I going to hit somebody? Or what if there's a red light? 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. You go to land. It's like, wait dark. a second. God damn it! Now I got to wait for the signal. <laughs> it was in the dark, by the way. Yeah. Sort of around this, and in that area, there's well, there's Oshawa's airport, but Buttonville just closed down in November. Yeah, that's right. They shut the the airport whole operation thing is is no longer. Have you talked to your pilot friends about that? Or are they all disgusted about the? You, you know, to, I, 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 to be honest with you, I haven't. I had uh, read the story at the end of an era in Toronto that was a very busy, busy airport. I flew out of there for a few years. You probably, I'm, I'm not sure if I, I. I think when you were in Peterborough, I flew out of there to come get you once. But um, yeah, I mean, there, you know, that's another thing I thought of when I saw this story, Dan. That he was somewhat, wasn't he, somewhat close to. To that yeah, old airport was, now? Not too far. He was in Ajax. And good thing he wasn't over water by that point, because if he was heading to Billy Bishop, he was yes. probably going to go over, over Lake Ontario, right? Well, yeah. except you don't really go well. Uh, with a small plane, you're not allowed to be over water. You're, 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 you're literally, the, the rule is you need to be within glide distance of the shore, which is a couple of miles, right? Oh, I didn't mm. know that. Oh. Yeah, with a, with a single-engine aircraft, you can't fly directly. Like, you couldn't fly from uh, the island airport directly across the lake to, say, St. Catharines. That's why oh, you have you to can't. stay. No. Oh. Unless you had pontoons, I would imagine. If you had pontoons, that'd be... Uh, yes, yeah. with pontoons, yeah. you're welcome to have. Yes, you can land on the water. Right. Um, um, Dan and I share a friend named Nick. Yes, we share him. I get him 50% of the time. Dan gets him. <laughs> <laughs> you share custody Join of Nick. custody of Nick. Um, you've heard his story, haven't you, Dan? He, like Howard, he has his pilot's license. And there was some event. It may have been a golf tournament or some convention he was going to in the States. I think North Carolina or something. Flying from Toronto. And he had a plane trouble and ended up landing in a field. And his wife and newborn daughter were with him. And for him to tell that story, it's just hair-raising. And the way he tells it, just so calm. And, well, you know, I was prepared for it, like much like you. I mean, you know, you're, you're sort of trained for disaster, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, he tells the story. of his, his wife won't go back in a plane, but... I get um, that. Well, what he... what he Because they had the baby, right? And so for a few minutes, there was ter- terror. We're going to die, and this kid we just brought into the world is going to die. Obviously, they survived, but it's quite the story. Yeah, I can't imagine the stress of that. I mean, two quick things. When I was being um, prepared for my flight test... One of the things you have to do, your instructor, your instructor won't recommend you for the test until you can display your ability to land a plane without the engine. So what they do, and it took me weeks, is what they do is they do a simulated engine failure. So you're at three or four thousand feet and then they cut the engine. They don't turn it off because that would be stupid, but they cut the engine and then you have to go through through the procedures. Mayday, mayday, mayday. Uh, then you have to try and restart it. There's a whole bunch of things. There's a, a series of things you do all the while picking a field to land it in. And then you bring it down from 3,000 to 2,000 to 500 feet above the ground where he decides if you could have made the field or not. And if you can't do it, they won't recommend you for the test. So once you get recommended, on the actual test, the examiner does the same thing. And if they don't think you would have made the field, as we say, they'll fail you. It is one of the items on your test that there's no, you know, uh, 60, 70 percent. You did it okay. It's either you did it or you didn't. And try again next time. 
So it's something that, you know, every pilot is aware that when you're flying, you keep sort of somewhat scanning for, if my engine failed now, what would I do with, where would I land this plane? Yeah, you know, the whole thing is, it's just remarkable, air travel. Because again, all those little planes, like I'm right near Brampton here, and I see the little planes all the time in and out all day long. And it's just remarkable. I mean, the the tiny, minuscule number of tragedies. Like, I mean, they're very, very un- uncommon. And even last week coming back, you know, in commercial airlines, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, the, this pilot, I saw the pilot and I thought, now he's got the lives of a couple hundred people in his hands, but no part of him and probably very few of the people sitting in these seats are even conceiving of anything going wrong. Yeah. And just think about what you're doing. 38,000 feet in the air, this big hunk of metal. It's it's crazy. It's wonderful is what it, it is. It is. And, and I, like a lot of things in our show, I spent, you know, that, that you brought up something that I was going to bring up. If we didn't get to it today, I would have talked oh, about it tomorrow. Up, I'm going to bring up. up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a bit, but it's okay. Just a little. I brought up. I brought up in my mouth. Just brought up a bit. Bring it up and swallow. Yeah, um, okay. I was at Rudra Rishi Maharaja's home last night, and I got to dine. He um, cooked up an Indian feast for me. Nice. It was unbelievable. Here's what I ate last night. I ate. Um, it was all great, and he's a very good cook. He he made. Um, uh, palak paneer, chana masala, and the West Indian equivalent of that. And he and, and this is all homemade, by the way. And mm-hmm. he made his own rotis. And we we oh. sat there eating this food, um, which is using the roti as your uh, as the eating as your implement. Right. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and every dish was amazing. Mm-hmm. But the reason I mention it is because his brother Daya was there, and his brother is our age, like in his sixties, mm-hmm. early sixties, right. and he's been a airline pilot. For the better part of 35 or 40 years, so I actually felt bad for Rudy because I just sat there asking Diet flying. We just talked flying for a couple hours, including that. Like, I asked him, do you ever get nervous? Do you ever wonder, hey, I've got all the responsibility of these people? And, uh, you know, his response was very much like every other airline guy I know, which is, well, I'm, I only think about myself, to be honest, which is I'm going to, I know I'll be able to get this plane to the ground and, you know, everyone else can kind of come along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you do, uh, did you do crash talk? Oh yeah. Like, oh oh yeah, crashes. dude. Like I, honestly, I got there. If, Dan, if I got there at five thirty, I sat, once I found, so Daya comes out, we say hi, I never met the guy before. And while Rudy was cooking, I just sat at the table, honestly, for two hours with this guy. Just talking flying. It was great. I hadn't had a chance to talk about flying for some time, and I hadn't meant to bring it up so much on the show, but you, you, you just, listen, you brought it up, and I had, I had an offer. This guy's flown at a, some of the most incredible airports in the world, Hong Kong, LAX, you know, LaGuardia, all these places, all around Africa, India. Like, he's had quite the experience. As an airline captain, right, left seat to the, the guy in charge, he was telling me what he, you know, um, when he, the thing that he can't tolerate is when people are being unruly pricks as passengers. Like, you know, that's the thing as a captain. You're like, okay, everyone just calm down. Like when people's flights get delayed and things like that. He said, I will, I will not tolerate people being abusive to the, uh, the crew. I loved it. It was great. If, is this statistic right? Did I hear this last week or whatever? That at any given moment there are forty thousand commercial airlines like in the air. Yeah, something that, like that. 
yeah, is that... Because I remember the time thinking, holy cow, really? You know, obviously, the the Earth is large and planes are small in, mm. you know, are relative. Um, but 40,000, and when you think of the number of airline disasters, it's like, it's like again, you know the old saying, you got a better chance of dying in a car accident. It's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Dan, I did tell him about the first time I took a non-pilot passenger. My very first passenger that I had in a plane that wasn't another pilot or my instructor was Dan Duran. And how nervous I was because Dan was the first person I'd ever flown with that didn't know how to fly the plane. And I was telling Daya this. I said, you know, I remember my leg a little bit shaking a little bit as we were taxiing out because that that responsibility of your life in my hands um, hit me. I was very because uh, that was the first time. I mean, I, you eventually get used to it. But yeah, I was thinking, you know, if something goes wrong with me, Dan Duran and his giant hammer are going to go down in flames. I thought you were going to say, we got to 2,000 feet. I said, Dan, take your dick out, throw it out the side, we'll scale down it. Mm. <laughs> That's right. Dan, there's a problem. Use, we need your, to use your dick as a propeller. <laughs> the, engine, the engine's failed. Dan, quick, start whizzing out the back of the window. Yeah, think of something to do with that thing of yours. <laughs> There must be a solution. Dan. It, it's it can do anything. Dan, we're we're going down. You need to turn your dick into a helicopter, a pilot, into a blade, and the uh, the plane landed safely in Ajax. Uh, co-pilot Dan Duran's dick. You know this whole idea. This gives me an idea for a new superhero, like Cockman or something. Yes, hey, Dan, yeah. you could be Cockman. <laughs> <laughs> No call. How is it? We've just thought of that now, though. How did that just come up? Oh, now? I'm sure it's come up before. We rehash things. Look up in it. the air. But Cockman would be good. Just it's a bird. It. It's a plane. What were they? We'll get Colton to design the uniform. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You, no, you won't. You, Anchorman, Schmankerman. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Colton. Uh, Howard and Fred want you to design. <laughs> That's right. Your concept art skills. That's right. Cockman. These two, these two twelve-year-olds I work with, have decided that I want I should be cockman, able to stop, t- able to sleep tall buildings in a single bound. He's everywhere. He's, He's everywhere. everywhere. Hey, cockman. Well, students, today we're very happy to have cockman in the school to talk, to talk about fire safety. <laughs> oh. Cockman. Oh yeah, so immature. oh yes, so immature. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm. Are you, are you going to declare emergency? No, I've got Dan Duran. He's cockman. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's another day. All right. I'm going to share my screen with you guys again. Let me see. You know, a man of Dan's stature. You know, the theater guild and the yeah, yeah, the actor, the movies, the television. For his, for his, you know character beat reduced to what we do it's just not <laughs> no, fair it's a shame well, really yeah we leave some days we leave him in rubble it's this not is, fair this is why i call him an hour after the show hey dan sorry about cockman today <laughs> are you okay are you okay are you yeah, you know he, this- he as soon as he as soon as he says goodbye he has what's that <laughs> no i'm just laughing yeah as soon as he says goodbye he goes right into lisa's arms and starts to weep like a baby um okay i gotta share my screen before we go here it is See that? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You look like Fire Marshal Bill. It's, it's what do. I said. Look at it. I know. You're right. I look like I was burned in a fire and went, oh, uh, rather than get medical attention, I'll go to I'll go to get my passport photo now. You know, you got to love your kids, right? They think you know, if Charlie said, Dad, you look better now. Yeah, yeah I know. Sweetheart. I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's you a know great she's point. Lying. Look at you that. Tell me I look better Jesus now Christ. than this guy. Look at this guy on the left. Yeah. The guy on the left know. had a 28 year old girlfriend. The guy on the right looks like he's fucking about to be buried. You look 85 fucking. I know. Older. You look way Jesus. more like a criminal. Well, exactly. I look like I got burned in a fire and then did my mug shot. Yeah. Hey, Dan, hard to believe that was taken in a convenience store. (laughs) See, there you go. Now I've now I've openly shown you something that is potentially embarrassing. I love Charlie. Dad, you look better. Oh, no. She says you look better now, Dad. I'm like, really, do I? Jesus Christ. You didn't show her the first picture. (laughs) Oh, no, I sent that. Side by side. No, I know. I'm kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. Like yeah, it's yeah. like, how could she make that determination? Charlie's you look first... young and vibrant. Not not to mention the first one's in color and the second one's not. So word for word, I, I wrote to Charlie. It's been a rough ten years, and I make a little face. She goes, "I disagree. Think you look better every day, every minute." That's my daughter. Oh, sweet that's little. Sweet. That's a fucking angel. Context. I get it. Yes. Yeah. And I send it to Spencer. She's, not... She's like, "Seek help. Get help. <laughs> <laughs> Something's wrong with you." Obviously. Okay, uh, there's your show. Uh, we got to go. That's enough show. How many skin grafts did you have before that? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It looks like they took skin off my ass and pasted it on my oh, face. Jesus Christ Almighty. Mm. Um, All right. Dan, okay. uh, we look forward to uh, our finishing off the week tomorrow. It's just uh, email day. That's right. That's tomorrow. Tomorrow is email day, the uh, first one since Freddie's been back. And um, we will look forward to uh, more adventures of Cockman. (laughs) Dan's thinking, oh, fuck, something else on the pile now. (laughs) Mm. All right. Well. Okay, Danny, I know you got to get at it. That's right, Dan's like, I got to go and do some guild things. The guild is calling. The guild is calling. That's right. I need a palate cleanser. It's halfway through the week. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and our newest sponsor, Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, and hey, we got that email show coming up tomorrow. We read all those emails. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Tell us what you think. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Or Humble and Fred, I'm Cockman Dan Duran. And remember, if the engine fails, keep in mind where you're going to land this thing. And enjoy every goddamn day. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Thank you.